At the end of the movie, you find out it opens the. <laughs> now you gotta. Now, now it's you're gonna, gonna have to. You're gonna have to finish this one. <laughs> it's gonna say dildo drawer. <laughs> Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. everybody welcome to the Sincast. this is chris atkinson from cinema sims joined as always by the voice of cinema sins jeremy scott Hey-o. and from music video sins barrett share <laughs> that's the only way you can do that you have to you have to answer it <laughs> you can't have an unrequited ao <laughs> yeah exactly that's not how that works uh does freddie mercury in bohemian rhapsody does he answer the the sick patient dude that does the AO? Does he say AO? When he's walking down in the clinic. I thought that was the only place that happened in the movie where it got echoed back. I mean, other than the first time. So he actually responds to him. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I don't know. I'm never going to watch that. I movie hate again. that movie so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't even remember that part. So I can't even tell you if he returned it or not. Um, so uh, we, uh, we cut off uh, part one of Tom Hanks' uh, filmography last time. and uh, We circumcised it. <laughs> we did. We did. And uh, we're going into part two. Uh, the latter day, 2000 to present Hanks, is not nearly as like accomplished. But there are some movies in here. There are yeah. some good ones. Um, so uh, it'll be interesting to see which ones we think are, are, are good, which ones we think are eh. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, but we start off that we're still sort of in the uh, the good part of his career, though. Band of Brothers, which I know that mm-hmm. uh, Jeremy saw, I have not seen. Oh, is he a character in that, or is he a, the narrator? He is neither. Oh yeah, He's I just think a producer. He and Spielberg merely produced it. Oh okay. Now everyone else under the fucking sun is in this from <laughs> Professor. Now, he X. apparently was in it. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, where is he? Uh, he's a British officer, so probably just a, a random role. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. It's funny because I'm so fix, fixated on you know, like Colonel Winters and Ron Livingston and <laughs> Colonel Winters, Colonel Colonel Winters, redhead, Damian Lewis, Damian Lewis. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. He's Lieutenant Winters, and he's, he's Winters. Uh huh. Winters. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, but also uh, James McAvoy is in it. Ah. Tom uh, Hardy is in it. Uh, God damn! Fucking um, <laughs> Eric, no, uh, Michael Fassbender. Yes, Fassbender's in it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> David Schwimmer, um, um, uh, late night Jimmy Fallon. Um, Jimmy Fallon is in this. Yeah, he he drives up at so one yeah, point in a van see, or in an army jeep. Scott wow. Grimes. Uh, let's see, Donnie Wahlberg. Donnie Wahlberg's important. Um, Donnie Dubs. Oh yeah, Michael Cudlitz, who's in uh, Gross Point Blank, yep. isn't it? Um, is this uh, bull. is this a World War Two thing? Yes, because it came uh, on the heels of Saving Private Ryan, right? It did. Uh, Saving Private Ryan scratched some kind of itch for him yeah. and Spielberg, and they made Band of Brothers after, based on a book, mm. a very good book. I have accidentally two copies of it, um, <laughs> which is like the way I buy Blu-rays nowadays. <laughs> um, and it follows the 101st Airborne, basically from training camp all the way to the end of the war. And mm. there's 11 or 12 episodes. Um, 
I'm not sure there's a piece of entertainment I could recommend higher than Band of Brothers. Wow. Ooh, Simon Pegg's in it. So this is a uh, this is a miniseries, right? HBO yep. miniseries? HBO miniseries. Six parts or so? No, 11 or 12. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, all the way to, um, well, all the way to the end of the war. Yeah, it says here 10 episodes. 10 episodes. Um, and there's some really good shit. There's two whole episodes in the middle in the winter where they're like, at this edge of the woods and then there's a huge clearing and the germans are at the other edge of the woods oh, and shit. they're there for like a year they're like they're there for fucking forever wow just getting shot at and digging new foxholes and they, they have to hold the line they can't oh god such good stuff okay i brutal. gotta check it out I brutal did, i did see that one episode uh, where the the dude like ran across yes. the enemy lines and colonel spears yeah He's i did see that person. one uh and it, but it's more than once Oh, yes. Yeah. I probably watch it a annually. They run it uh, military themed holidays. They'll rerun it. I watch it every time I see it's on. All right. Um, but these are all real stories. Uh, it's not a fictionalized account. And the, the, each episode opens and closes with real interviews with these characters, real people that you see in the show. And then the very last episode is where you find out which old man was which guy in the show. Uh, it's powerful stuff. All right. All right. I'm sold. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then uh, Road to Perdition. We've talked about Road to Perdition a bunch. Oh, yeah. baby. Sam Mendes's follow up after American Beauty uh, didn't get the recognition that it deserved at the time, but I think it has since. I think it has, uh, at least among uh, film buffs and critics. Mm -hmm. I think average Joe moviegoer probably still hasn't seen this. It's, it's got a titling issue, too. And of course, it is the, the book, it yeah. is the graphic novel, but like Road to Perdition isn't something that's going to light a fire in your balls it's or anything. It's better than only the brave, but it's, you know, not as <laughs> not as good as uh, Tom Hanks in it with a Tommy gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they should call it Tommy gun. Isn't it a Tommy gun? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, uh, it's uh, one of the first times he's he's playing a bad guy, but he's not really playing a bad guy in this. This is about as bad as he gets, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he straight up murders that, uh, well, several people, but like, the the turning point, because you've heard about all the bad shit that he's done, uh, but then the turning point is when he goes up to the banker and the banker is not scared at all. He's like, the fuck are you gonna do with me? Like, I'm, I'm connected to everything. Blast that motherfucker! And, and he's like, whoa! He says, send a message. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Road to Perdition is great. I know that we've talked about it a bunch, especially during our comic book uh, yeah. uh, brackets and everything. Uh, next one, Catch Me If You Can, another good one. This yeah, is him reteaming with Spielberg. Um, yes. It's one of John Williams' best scores that we don't talk about is in this. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio plays Frank Abagnale, um, you know, a guy who basically has the ability to either talk his way through a situation and like co totally con people into thinking he is these pe he is this person that he's represented to be and he's like uh his main thing is uh like forging checks mm -hmm. uh where uh it you know it looks just perfect enough to where he's like getting money from is now is it the uh is it the airline that he's doing this from at yeah, first he's forging piedmont is it Piedmont? Pan Am checks. Pan Am, mm -hmm. yeah. And he's actually, he, there's this awesome scene where he's bought all these little toy Pan Am planes <laughs> yeah, and yeah. soaking them in the tub so they can re yep. peel the sticker off and put it on the check. 
but he's got other tricks beyond just that. Yeah. And I do think it goes beyond Pan Am eventually to more just generic check fraud. Mm -hmm. And this is a real person. Um, <clears throat> this is largely based on a true story. Mm -hmm. And this is a movie I point to when, when I complain that a movie like uh, Can You Ever Forgive Me is all about a bad person doing terrible things. Uh, a movie like Catch Me If You Can both shows why he got that way. Mm -hmm. he's, he's not actually a bad person. He comes from a terribly broken home, a delusional father, mm -hmm. and a little bit of a promiscuous mother. And uh, he had to adult quick. Mm -hmm. And um, you also see his sort of comeuppance and dealing with, you know, he's in jail for a bunch of years. Yeah. And then he gets out and gets to help. Uh, try and catch other foragers and whatnot. But God, this movie is perfect. There's yeah. not a thing, there's not a hair out of place in this movie at all. Jeez, that first that first scene that Hanks and DiCaprio share in the, the apartment mm -hmm. where he's like, you know, I gotta go get my wallet and stuff like that is just classic. It's because no he doesn't know anything about this guy and he pulls off this ruse on an experienced investigator. Yeah. Pulls off this ruse perfectly. Yeah. Oh my God, it's so good. Yeah, yeah, there are there are a lot of scams in this. I mean, he even passes the bar and he does. Louisiana. <laughs> he becomes and, the head of the ER <laughs> the overnight. Although, yeah, though the one he the only his only experience of doctoring is watching TV shows. So like everything is, do you concur? <laughs> and there's a whole point where this dude. He's like doing this night shift and the doctors come in and they want his advice and everything. What would you do? And uh, the guy's like, well, I would do this and this. And, and he had turned to the other. Do you concur? <laughs> and, uh, and he's like, I don't know or whatever. And then he's like, he's like, well, just let's just do what that guy says. And then and then uh, the guy who's got way more medical experience, obviously, than <laughs> Abagnale does. He's like, I should have concurred. <laughs> I love when Abagnale arrives on the scene. He's acting all businesslike, and he looks down, and it's like a guy with, like, a leg broken in three places, and there's blood pouring out, and he, like, puts this, like, like some kind of tong gauze thing right to his mouth, like, and yeah. the 14-year-old in him comes out, and like, oh, God, this is the grossest shit I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, this, that movie is so good, and DiCaprio had a good little one-two punch there, because I believe Catch Me If You Can and Gangs of New York came out oh, at, yeah. in the same month, because Gangs... I think had been pushed back or one of those movies got pushed back to a point where it was both of those movies. That's came crazy. Out. I was just about to make a joke that they even let him keep his gangs in New York hairstyle for one scene of Catch Me. <laughs> I remember <laughs> that. that scene yeah. in like Italy or where, France or wherever where he's got like long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know. Well, it's funny because one, you know, this movie portrays him as a very young uh, con artist. Basically, mm -hmm. he's in his teens when he f first starts this, right? Yeah. And then Gangs of New York is supposedly like his transition into adulthood. He's got the little wispy goatee and all mm -hmm. that stuff. But uh, yeah, but I do, crazy. I do love uh, Hanks in this. He's got, he's, he's the guy. He's, he's obviously the only one who's dedicated enough to go find, find him. And in fact, there's even a point where uh don't they tell him to just get off the case at one point well they make fun of him because he's showing slides and all the other oh, investigators yeah. are laughing about like this is not real crime mm -hmm. so he's kind of made fun of in the office i don't think they tell him to get off the case it's just that no nobody else, nobody else cares yeah there's a <laughs> there's a point where uh abagnale's finally been caught and there's a uh, they're, they're getting him to, to work with them to find forgeries and everything. And like, there's this one check it's towards the end. He's like, uh, 
he's like, I can't tell, figure out what this guy's doing or whatever. And he gives it to Abagnale. He's like, Abagnale's like, oh, this is a fake. <laughs> and he's like, why? Well, you see, there's no perforations on the side. Remember when you get your check, you tear it off. Blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, and there's nothing like that. on <laughs> Um, and, uh, there's another, there's a fun, funny line that just occurred to me. This has nothing to do with tanks or anything, but there's that, uh, that, uh, one where the, all the people are trying to be stewardesses and everything. The, there's yeah. like, they're trying out and there's that one girl who says, we'll be flying at 35,000 miles an hour at 700 feet. <laughs> <laughs> I just love, cause when it cuts from there, it's him walking to the airport with like six girls on both yeah, arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's doing all of that as a distraction because he knows they're looking for him. Right. That's the, that's the time where well, they were he, looking for him. He hires, uh, women who are specifically tall enough. So yeah. That he can hide amongst them mm-hmm. and everything. Gotta love that movie. I'm gonna have to watch that again. I was just gonna say that. I gotta watch that. This movie is. A, I did watch the scene. This is a weird convergence of our Elizabeth Banks and Tom Hanks mm-hmm. rundowns because she's in it briefly. And I did watch the scene that she was in, and it's a crucial scene. Actually, it's where he finds out how to do check forgery because mm-hmm. he's you know he sees he's going down the line and he finally sees the one woman who looks like she would be amenable to his advances, and she's cute and that kind of thing and it says miss and not misses and all that yeah. stuff so he finally comes up he says yeah i want to cash this check and i want to buy you dinner and that's when she makes that sound oh, oh. Yeah, whatever it is <laughs> but then the next scene it cuts to where they're in the back and she's explaining like how checks work and where that is and mm-hmm. he's like i can't see where is it and she she holds the check up and she points <laughs> Right there. And then when he points, she removes it into her boob. And she's like, (laughs) (laughs) it's very much like, uh, like the scene, the darkroom scene in the master where Joaquin Phoenix does that whole thing. Like, it's your boobie. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, it's in the master. (laughs) Uh, I never saw this as a documentary series called freedom, a history of us. I guess he was a producer on that. Yes. Uh, do you know what it was about? Mm Mm-mm uh they made uh they made uh never mind (laughs) (laughs) that'll be the third time today (laughs) just backing out of all my jokes today it's probably good i'm saving you effort you don't have to cut it later Um, 16 episode miniseries of the history of america there you go all right okay then the lady killers that's his uh his first coen brothers movie you know what i need to give this another shot okay because I finally rewatched Inside Lewin Davis. Mm-hmm. I think I love that movie now. Yeah. Oh, wow. wow. And I'm finding that, and I also rewatched The Hudsucker Proxy, which I'd never been as high on as you guys had. Mm-hmm. That movie's fucking brilliant. Yeah. So, like, I think Coen Brothers films just deserve more time and attention. They, I think so. They play the hell out of the Lady Killers on HBO. Um, I, I, and I've, I've seen parts of it, and I'm, I'm one of the, only apologist for that movie uh it is um and, and and you know some people probably compared it to the original i've seen the original mm-hmm. that had alec guinness in it uh i like this um but you know it could be one of those things where people are uh uh are just hung up on that it's it's not the typical coen brothers fair for them mm-hmm. it's like a little bit raunchier than most coen brothers movies yeah hanks is this is one of his best performances unfortunately because a lot of people don't even recognize that uh he's doing this thing where he's got all these million dollar words that he says Mm -hmm. all the way through it and he's like you know i believe that we need to uh you know get inside your basement and all this he's got this way of talking and everything but um yeah it's just about a bunch of uh, crooks who uh live in this uh, woman's basement and they they uh you know hatch a a robbery scheme 
And uh, as the movie goes on, each of the, like their crew members start dying one by one throughout the whole thing. And Co- if there's anything Cohen Brothers about it, it's mm. it's how they keep showing how the bodies get thrown onto the barge. <laughs> yeah. They keep going under the bridge and everything. Uh, uh, it's a very Coen Brothers thing. Like if you if you didn't know who directed it, though that scene, those scenes would make you know. But um, yeah, I mean it's it's a little bit uh, like a bit off from a typical Coen Brothers mm-hmm. movie, and I think that's sort of what it is. And I like it. It's just it's not they're one of their best, and I think that's what <laughs> your million dollar word thing. I've been watching the Nice Guys a lot lately. Oh it's yeah, just come on stars mm-hmm. or something. And I love when they introduce Russell Crowe's character. He's got a word of the day. And it's equanimity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like calmness, exuding calmness or whatever. And then he says he accepted her betrayal with equanimity. And then it cuts to the past and they're at dinner. And his wife just goes, I'm fucking your dad. Cuts back to the present day. Oh, that movie's so watch that good. movie again, too. Oh, man. So Who good. directed that one? Do you know? It was uh, Shane Black. Uh, yeah, Shane, Shane Black. Black. That's right um but yeah well i like the lady killers there's not much to say about it other than you're either going to love it or hate it and it's that type of movie mm-hmm. um uh like for instance here's here's something here's here's a thing that just doesn't seem very cohen brothers jk simmons has one of those like uh digestive diseases of some sort or whatever mm-hmm. and he's like farting a lot in it it's one of those where the cohen's decided to really just kind of get in the muck yeah with their with their comedy and everything uh still though it's yeah, yeah uh then there's a this is his third uh movie with spielberg the terminal mm. yeah you guys don't like this movie i haven't right? seen it for mm-hmm. i haven't seen it since it came out i like this movie yeah yeah there's no there's nothing that happens nothing happens no it's 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 nothing happens no it's it's just him stranded in an airport with Catherine zeta jones looking pretty well and if i remember right this is loosely based on some true story of some guy mm-hmm. who fell through a bureaucratic uh-huh. crack and got stuck in an airport for like 30 days or whatever. Um, yeah, it's so contrived. I don't I don't want don't like don't want. What do you mean contrived? Want. It's based on a true story. How can it be contrived? I'm just saying like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying that they. It takes Spielberg takes a very simple story and, and to me makes it it. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it very entertaining. I think what what really resonates with me is that Hanks's character is like just impervious to badness. Like he's got such a great attitude the whole time, and it's fun to watch. It's interesting uh, too when you add this into his uh, you know the filmography. It's easy to think of Hanks as playing himself a lot because there are a lot of characters where he's playing like what he is in Sleepless in Seattle or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has a lot of these like this and mm-hmm. Lady Killers and Philadelphia. Uh, it, it, it actually shows uh, some range mm-hmm. there. He's oh, not yeah. just Hanks all the time. Yep. So that's what this. It's, if there's anything that I can say for this movie, it's it's that. Yeah. Um, he's got a nice accent. He's from a fictitious Eastern European country. I just remember like being like yeah that was all right <laughs> and you expect more with spielberg yeah yeah uh mm-hmm. elvis has left the building i do not know this one at all i don't know this one either Ooh. um then he uh he teams with zemeckis to do the polar express uh 
Yeah. Uh, he's not the main guy really in this, but mm-hmm. he is, he does do the, I think he does the facial recognition stuff for all the characters. For most of the, I think he even did for the kid. Yeah. I think even the kids, he's, he's doing the mocap stuff. Yeah. yeah he's, he's doing, he said, hero boy's father, conductor, hobo, Scrooge puppet, Santa Claus, and the narrator. <laughs> yeah. This was a, this was a, a I believe it was, uh, it's the Caldecott award winning book from uh, Chris Van Allsburg, who did Jumanji. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and sort of, it's one of those that I held in high regard because I read that as a kid and the, the illustrations are so great. The illustrations in the Chris Van Allsburg thing are better than the animation that's mm. in this movie mm. i feel like it, there's not really anything in that movie that go makes you go boy that's breathtaking and of course the the one of the things that came out about that movie was that everybody looked so weird mm-hmm. in the mocap and it just it was kind of scary and, <laughs> you know and yeah. all that and uh and so like and you know you're turning uh you're turning a basically a picture book that's 20 pages into mm-hmm. this big hour and a half uh movie and it's perfectly fine yeah i don't think there's anything bad about it really it's just that except for the aerosmith yeah, shit the, what the fuck was up with that decided yeah. to be bad yeah. well it's it's the elves all get together and sing aerosmith at the end right yeah uh, it was weird man drugs might have been involved there might have been some drugs involved <laughs> fucking aerosmith i could see the meeting now how do we end this fucking thing <laughs> i know aerosmith yeah <laughs> Get me Steven Tyler. Then we get to the Da Vinci Code. Boy, oh boy. He did you ever read these? these I did. Books. I read I read the uh, the first Da Vinci Code. I didn't read anything after that. The Dan Brown. This was uh, a like bestseller for a year and a half or something. If like not that. longer. Yeah. Man. It was a big ass yeah. deal. Yeah. Huge, huge, huge book. Now, uh, much like uh, I don't remember what podcast I was talking about this on, but uh, you know, like, you know, hey, talk about when you talk about Phantom of the Opera or something like that. We don't watch a ton of plays. You watch Phantom of the Opera. Boy, that looks that seemed like a good play to me. Good mm-hmm. musical to me. Whereas the snobs who've seen a hundred of them have been like, you know, uh, yeah, this is a piece of shit. Uh, books are the same way in some ways. I've read way more books than I've seen plays. I didn't think there was anything wrong with the the reading of Da Vinci Code. Huh. I, didn't, I thought it was exactly what he wanted to write. It wasn't supposed to be, you know, fucking Steinbeck or something right. like that. Uh, but uh, I, I I enjoyed the book. Now, the movie, I did not enjoy that much. Uh, do you know why? I don't. I think I know why. Because the movie... Hairpiece. Is fairly... <laughs> the hair piece, yeah, that's distracting right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, uh, the, the movie is pretty close to the book. Yeah. It, it leaves out some like i think super salacious details or something like that mm-hmm. um wasn't it was this one where like the woman's grandparents had like an orgy every month or something like that oh, for like rich people that. and shit like that and i think they they cut that out of the movie yeah. movie's long too yeah, it's like is two and a half hours another or ron like that. howard by the way uh yeah. i i think it's the chemistry there's zero chemistry whatsoever between tom hanks and, and tattoo uh oh, audrey tattoo, tattoo. yeah um and it's it i don't know how that's possible because they're both such endearing actors mm-hmm. maybe it's that the material they're working with is kind of boring i i don't you say what you want about the da vinci code i didn't think any of it was boring um the movie has stretches where they're expositing and mm-hmm. they're just talky 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 mm-hmm. uh which is in the book 
you know, you can forgive a little bit because it's text. Yeah. Um, I'm more willing to believe there's a treasure map on the back of the Declaration of Independence <laughs> than I am there's some kind of code in the Bible. Well, I mean, you, you think about like all the, you think about all the things this dude at the Louvre has to do to, as he's dying, as he's dying to, to make sure that some sort of symbologist figures it out, which is not a real job. Yeah. Not yeah. a real job. Like, like I, I believe he, he gets shot and then he like makes sure that he like dies. <laughs> a certain way and then he's pointing a certain it's like way Mr. it's like mr burns yeah yeah it is it is yeah. and with his last breath he pointed to it, w and s which turned around it's maggie simpson um, um i would did want to say did you guys do you remember the the ripoff of this movie uh, with casper van dean called the omega code oh i do remember that coming out i don't know if i saw it though i'm pretty sure i built it and watched that motherfucker oh yeah maybe uh after my years i know i watched does he have a hair hat does he have the no the thing yeah they didn't copy everything be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> uh and, and and uh the obviously the uh prequel was angels and demons i did actually read this book i forgot that i read that yep. um and uh the prequel is uh is him going to the vatican yep. ewan mcgregor plays the pope uh or play doesn't play the pope but plays a wannabe yeah yeah yeah. if Um, you thought the da vinci code was absurd there's a third story is fucking absurd yeah there's a third one that comes after this Mm -hmm. oh jesus how do they make a third one after that second one was so yeah that was called uh (laughs) inferno Uh inferno uh angels and demons is such a ludicrous premise i enjoy watching this one more than i do the da vinci code Mm -hmm. um I don't really know why. I think it's just, uh, I think Ewan McGregor's really good. There's like a nice twist reveal, uh, even though it's absurdly done. Yeah. And plus reading the book, I knew what it, I knew it was coming because mm-hmm. of the way he, I don't even remember if it's in the movie, but there's a, a big absurd scene where he's, I think the, he's in a helicopter or something yep. and he, parachutes out yep. <laughs> and uh and he's and he makes this big announcement uh, and it's a it's a very liberal announcement and i'm like this is not what popes say or people who want to be popes say well, exactly because i mean i think what what he's doing in the book and in the movie is that he's performing a miracle which would allow him to be papal mm-hmm. the, to be elected the the young pope mm-hmm. uh but uh yeah it's just so absurdly done and uh, yeah when he delivers the message you're like what the fuck yeah uh but yeah and uh hanks has zero chemistry with his co-star in this one too ayelet uh Zurer. are you familiar with oh. her she's the is she the uh she's one the, who plays uh uh, Superman's mom. That's Diane Lane. <laughs> no, the uh, the real mom. <laughs> I don't mean to be pejorative about that. I'm <laughs> saying that the the biological mom, Man of Steel. Yeah, yeah, she's in Man of Steel. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's who she is. Yeah, real mom. <laughs> 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 I meant biological mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the 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 one in the uh, yeah the one, that, the one that did the work. Yeah, she did all the work. Yeah, she kicked they, it all off. Yeah, she was the one who's at the window when uh, when uh, the planet exploded. Um, uh, by the way, that Omega Code, I was like, I was like, that sounds like older than Da Vinci Code, and it is. Is it's it really ninety nine? Oh my god! Um, I just remember there was a lot of Bible Code stuff going on uh, back in that time. Yeah, and, Bible uh, Code. I think maybe. maybe the Da Vinci Code was a book by then. 
but it not a been. movie. I don't know. And they tried to beat him to the. But of course, if you cast Casper Van Dien, Dine, mm. uh, you're not going to beat anybody to the box. Office. Probably not. <laughs> uh, then yes, he has a uh, voice cameo in the Simpsons movie. Uh, oh yeah, where uh, the uh, they're they're planning on bombing the dome that Springfield's around, and uh, and they want to make it to where like nobody remembers or knows that it's there essentially and like they put that they have a commercial that they make and uh and they're like they're trying to make it uh they're trying to sell this what are they trying to do with the the land after they bomb it or whatever is like is that what they're trying to even say like where nothing is or ever was well yeah (laughs) i was getting to that but like the the uh they're supposed to there's a commercial to get people to be interested in coming to the spot and you can even see like people with a GPS where it's like now, now headed towards nowhere. <laughs> and, um, and then Hanks comes on there and he's like, he's like, you know, this is, uh, you know, this is great. It's, uh, it's in a place where nothing is or ever was or something <laughs> like that. And I, and I don't remember. He's, he does that whole, he's like the commercials narrator essentially. Uh, Charlie Wilson's war. This is him and Mike Nichols movie. Mm-hmm. Um, this is really good. Mm-hmm. Movie's outstanding. This has, I believe, Sorkin wrote the screenplay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It uh, feels like an episode of West Wing. Yeah, uh, only not Very focusing much. on the White House. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, this one, uh, he's he's great as the as Charlie Wilson, but uh, I think Philip Seymour Hoffman steals this movie. He does. Uh, he's got a he moment does. where I think it's the first moment Philip Seymour Hoffman shows up. His big speech and everything is what just co- completely just well, takes and that the one. the texas woman who is that is it faye dunaway julia roberts julia roberts oh it's julia roberts yeah because mm-hmm. he uh the first time that hanks goes down there or charlie wilson goes down there uh to a fundraiser she's having this huge gala like she's you know everything's going on and they stop in the middle of that party to fuck oh. <laughs> twice wow <laughs> mm. And like you know he's hanging out there and like you know taking a bath afterwards and drinking whiskey and everything again. This movie is so good. I saw it just recently, and I forgot how spectacular. It I just is. remember All the performances. There's are great. one very Frasier esque scene where, like, Philip Seymour Hoffman is trying to talk to him, but he, he keeps having to shoo him out of the office to yeah. take a phone call. Yeah. And then he calls him back in, yeah. but then there's another phone call, and it basically it just keeps going like a slamming door thing. It's a perfect uh, sequence <clears throat> because he's getting investigated for being at like a coke filled orgy or something like right. that and so his his girls uh that's who he what he calls his staff his girls come in they're like okay this guy's got a quote and this guy actually saw it and he's like okay all right go go prepare a statement and then philip seymour hoffman comes back in he talks to him for a second about russia and then he's like no no no, hold on they they come back in and all that stuff and by the end of it um <laughs> philip seymour hoffman says something like so are you gonna admit to it or not and he's like <laughs> how did you hear that were you standing by the door he starts like yelling at him he's like no i bugged the whiskey that i came <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah he's like i'm a fucking cia what the fuck <laughs> are you talking about man yeah uh if 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 i am remembering this correctly the thing that charlie wilson does in here like morally is is just correct but ethically he's circumventing congress yes he yeah. is not because congress won't give him the money that he needs for this so that's why he goes out and does these like fundraisers and things like that so that he can fund this war that's going on 
and it's it is a noble cause but you know it's one of those where you've drawn a line between your morals and ethics yeah he's getting the money from congress but he keeps underestimating how much he's going to ask for oh, okay so, so congress goes, is giving him money he then. needs the votes okay so that's what he's he's whipping up basically and to do that he's got to keep going over to uh to the the middle east and everything to say you know put helicopters in the sky why can't they shoot the helicopters out of the sky and by doing this, not only is he circumventing legal process and everything, but he's also arming the Muhajid, Muhajideen, yeah, yeah. Uh, which, as we know, is it, it was helping them at the time yep. defeat Russia. But it this is in, this is including well. Osama bin Laden at the time. Exactly. And, and Philip Seymour Hoffman at the very end, it's not a spoiler or anything, at the very end has this great parable. He's like, what did the Zen master say to the, 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 the student or whatever? And he's like, well, you know, the student comes in and he's like, I did this today. And he's like, well, that's great. Wait until tomorrow. And then the student says, I bought a car. All right. Well, that's great. Wait until tomorrow. And then that's the way the thing ends. Mm -hmm. He's like, well, we just armed the Muhajideen. He said, well, that's great. Wait until tomorrow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's how it ends, which is a great portentous thing. Yeah. Yeah. This movie's fucking awesome. I thought Julia Roberts was in the one where he goes back to school. That's Larry Crown. He did. He did. uh, She is in that. Oh, okay. God, I'm getting those two movies confused. They both have a person's name in them, too. That's not helpful. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Charlie Crown and Larry Wilson. DeWitt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I never saw The Great Buck Howard. Did you ever see The Great Buck Howard? Uh, no, I've never seen this. It's got a really good... Oh, this is uh, Colin Hanks. Mm-hmm. Malkovich, <laughs> Colin Hanks, Emily Blunt, Ricky Jay, Tom Hanks, Griffin Dunn, Adam Scott, Wallace Langham. Like, there's a Don Most... Donnie Most <laughs> from Happy Days. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, so yeah, actually, this seems interesting. I've just never ever encountered. I, I remember it. seeing the title, but I just never have uh, been able to see it. Uh, we've talked about Angels and Demons. He also did. He was a producer on the Pacific. Did you see the Pacific? Yes, excellent. Mm-hmm. That's if what you I hear. watched the Pacific before you watched Band of Brothers, you would think that was the pinnacle. It's mm. just not as good as Band of Brothers. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is about the. This is the a Pacific World War II, just the Pacific. It's trying to do the same thing and follow, you know, mostly one soldier in this one, uh, more than a well, the whole airborne whatever. But it's yeah, what what we did for Band of Brothers in the European theater, we're gonna do for the Pacific theater, um, Midway Island, all that stuff. I, all I've ever heard, and I've got a, a friend of mine that was in two branches of the military. He said this is the most realistic portrayal of military operations that he's ever seen. Yeah, yeah. he said it was awesome yeah. too. Yeah, they're both great. I mean, everybody should watch both of those miniseries. Then, yes, he gets behind the camera again for Larry Crown. He's also one of the main stars with Julia Roberts. Uh, I haven't seen this since it came out. So the only thing that I remember was him going back to school. And I've never even seen it. So I don't even know why I remember it's him going back to school. Mm, This has got your girl in it. Goo Goo and Bothero. Yep. Yep. That's where it was one of the first times I I ever... um, saw her i believe it's got a lot that's another good cast man you get uh, uh vilmer valderrama you get pam greer cedric the entertainer taraji p hansen wait a minute brian cranston wait until you got to taraji p hansen there you were on shaky ground <laughs> those pam first greer those good. first pam greer okay yeah and then you okay. got brian cranston you got rami malik you got uh, george takei uh good stuff yeah here's a movie i never saw it was nominated for uh best picture at the academy awards notoriously so extremely loud and incredibly close oh i never saw this one either this was a 9-11 post 9-11 drama yeah i believe he plays someone who died in the buildings or something like that oh um i've seen 
Except for the Charlie Sheen one. I've seen most of the 9-11 movies. <laughs> Charlie Sheen one with the 20-year-old sugar mommy. Sugar baby. I've never seen this one. I've seen just about all the other ones. Oh, um, God. The Oliver Stone one is the worst. The World Trade Center? Yeah, It is. Well, <laughs> if you haven't seen the Charlie Sheen one, I guess it's well, the worst. Well, okay. And I haven't seen this one. But, oh, that felt like not even a movie. That just felt like misery in on celluloid. Uh, it really did. And, I mean, you don't want to jazz up a, a movie like this. But, like, United 93 was just such a good movie. Mm-hmm. So well done. And yeah. you, you don't really want to watch it for escapist entertainment or anything like that. No. And the same thing with World Trade Center. I didn't hate it like like you're saying, but like you're you're right. It, it, he certainly didn't. I might try have said to... this before. I bought that fucker for two dollars in a video store going out of business sale, and I was still disappointed with the movie. <laughs> that says something, right? Two bucks. It, it, it just it just felt too I, dour for I, you. I bought that, and I bought that um, Harrison Ford uh, hacking movie. <laughs> Firewall. firewall firewall i bought them both for two bucks it was uh, like a hollywood video going out <laughs> it was of business a bad, right? bad run right? yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, was bad. it was a bad four dollars I, I i i remember yeah i've seen world trade center once now that's one of those movies that's got a lot of those actors where you're like whoa yeah like michael shannon shows up at the end of it uh i think it's john berthal shows up in this oh, yeah. movie um there's a lot of those things i i can't remember exactly couldn't put my finger on why i didn't like this movie that much um i think for me it was that literally half of it takes place in pitch black dark where nicholas cage is slowly dying Yeah, yeah yeah And that's not fun. Well, and then you have like you have his you know like family on the you have the 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 family drama that's going on. But yeah, I've only seen it the one time. I can't remember why it was. I mean, I thought it was okay too. I don't think I hated it as much as. But yeah, I don't know. I I, I think we can just stop making movies about nine eleven. There's so much footage. The the special that runs on Discovery, I think, every year, yeah, there's is one- spectacular for what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think we need, I don't, uh, I don't no, we yeah, need we've heard all this. We've heard pretty much all the stories at this point, unless somebody's just find something out of nowhere that we we didn't. We've even had plenty of these tangential, like Adam Sandler did one that was kind of like half related to nine eleven. Yeah, that was rain over me. And then twenty fifth hour has like a bunch of nine eleven shit in it. Yeah, although that one's more referential it than, is. than it is like part of the movie. But yeah. um but yeah, you're right. Uh, but yeah, I never saw Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. It's, uh, <laughs> so let's talk about World Trade Center. Well, it does. Minutes. It certainly has the opposite problem of the titling issue. <laughs> like this is this is too much. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, the the story is. I guess it's uh, his dad, who's Tom Hanks, I believe, leaves a key, and it's a mysterious key, and mm. he's got to figure out what it opens. And mm. I never saw it. It got nominated for Best Picture, and like it, everybody who saw it was like, "What the fuck?" At mm. the end of the movie, you find out it opens the. <laughs> Now you gonna now, now you're gonna, have to, you're gonna have to finish this one. It's gonna say dildo drawer. <laughs> Not nearly as important as you think. I know we put nine eleven into it and everything. <laughs> you think that key would mean something? It doesn't. That would be hilarious. Dad, Dad sure had a lot of dildos. <laughs> just ends with him sorting through. <laughs> yeah, just. Yeah, just has piles of dildos in the bedroom. <laughs> what are these? Is there something inside this? <laughs> He's holding it. Yeah, up he was shaking it. 
<laughs> oh Christ! Oh my God! Oh Jesus! <laughs> um, <laughs> on to a movie that won't be controversial at all. Cloud Atlas. <laughs> oh. There are people who love this movie, and there are people who were confounded by it, like I was. <coughs> and uh, I think if you love or hate it, you're wrong. <laughs> I feel like the only way to appreciate this movie is to is to love hate it. Um <clears throat> sorry I'm still recovering. There are parts that are fucking first of all it's shot amazing. Yeah. All that stuff with the big ship in the water, the tall ship, the Tom Hanks tooth stealing bastard. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> it's gorgeous. It's fucking gorgeous. Um <clears throat> I think what confounds this movie the most is casting all your actors in five different roles. Yeah. And I don't know the book well enough to know if there's a reason they did that, but almost every single one of them has at least one role, like Jim Broadbent in future Tokyo whatever, Mm -hmm. looks fake as shit. Tom Hanks in at least one or two of his, like in his John Travolta looking... Yeah, 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 yeah. Looks dumb as hell. Um, That... um, did I say Jim Broadbent? Yes. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean he's, Jim he's Broadbent. Well, he's in it. Yeah, I meant the younger Jim. Oh, uh, Jim Sturgis? Jim Sturgis. But Jim Broadbent <laughs> is the one that I actually, that's the storyline I really, really like, where oh, his, yeah. his family d- finds out he's got some money, so they put him into a home against his will, and uh, he keeps trying to sneak out. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> the Halle Berry ones, Dower. I'm just saying, there's stuff to like in here. Yeah. Tom Hanks speaking the true true is not one of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> speaking the true true. Yeah. This is a very different role for him. Well, all of them are very different yeah. roles for him. Um, he's never been in, you know, you could call this a period piece because there's some in the past and some in the future, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I haven't yeah. seen this since it came out. And I remember somebody at the theater saying this is going to be looked upon like Blade Runner when it's, when it's, uh, uh, in the, you know, like later on when we've had a ta- time to reflect on it, it's got a 7.4 on the IMDb. It might That's be. Insane. It actually might be. Yeah. That um, is insane. Uh, back when he said that, I did not think it was like crazy for him to say that because it did feel like that kind of movie. Yeah. It's ambitious as hell. It's going for something. Yeah. Uh, I just haven't seen it in forever. Uh, the Wachowskis did this with Tom. I always, this name is, it's Tickwer, I think, but I've, it might be Twiker or something like that. Mm. One of those weird Tweaker. It's Tweaker. It's Tweaker. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, there's so much stuff going on all at once and so many stories that are just like, uh, okay, I think I get that one. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I get any of those other ones or like. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it would benefit on multiple viewings, but you've seen it, Jeremy, like a few times, right? And I've watched still... it straight through three times, and I'm, I have felt the same exact way every single time. So maybe that's that's what they were going for. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if that's the case, then... Mm. Yeah, it's just a movie I'll have to give another chance someday. Mm. Uh, Captain Phillips. Mm. Now, here's a movie I only saw once. You only need to, right? there are two moments in this movie that I think are fucking awesome. When they time that sniper shot, with the waves bouncing the yeah. boat and Tom Hanks being rescued at the end, going through every single human emotion in 30 seconds. <clears throat> Other than that, I feel like I remember it being kind of long and a little boring. Like he gets taken off the big boat and put in that little boat like yeah. an hour into the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And he's on that little boat for like another hour. Yeah. yeah. It takes forever on yeah. that little boat. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I like, uh, God, tell me the director. 
Oh, it's Paul Paul Greengrass. I like Paul Greengrass. He's got more hits than misses for me. Mm-hmm. Tom Hanks is great. I like the idea of the true story. Um, but yeah, I have not felt the need to go back to this movie even one time. I don't, that's weird. I, I found that I've only seen it once too, but, um, I found it super intense for a long time. And yes, the getting on the small boat part is where it feels like it goes down. I like everything leading up to it. The whole, the, you know, the taking over of the ship and, and, you know, I am the captain now and all that, all that stuff's great. And then yes, it just, gosh, he's on that one part. Like you're just like. It just there's nothing exciting at that point once that once that happens. Yeah. Um. There's not anything. There's nothing in in the balance. It feels like. Yeah. It just yeah, feels yeah. like you know he's going to get rescued. So, you know, there's not anything tense about it or anything. So yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen it in forever. He's got a good accent in this movie. He's playing you think? like a like a New England type of accent, like a, and you know, like a, like a like a Delaware New England. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a <laughs> Delawarean New England accent. <laughs> That's right uh no it's pretty good uh, and apparently he spent a lot of time with the actual uh dude uh captain phillips mm-hmm. and some of that guy's co-workers said wasn't the nicest guy or the most super heroic guy oh yeah there was some, i mean it could have just been another studio trying to tarnish the film with award season or something mm. just you know scuttlebutt <laughs> <laughs> i used the word correctly yes you did yeah. look at me like yes, that you did. equanimity uh saving mr banks ah. this is one of your typical average everyday okay by bi- biopic type movies he plays walt disney in this one um and it's about the uh the making of um uh, mary poppins mary poppins um yeah it's perfectly fine i uh, have never seen this movie because it looks like outrageously sweet tea to me and i hate sweet it's, tea. it's exactly <laughs> that yes. um i mean it, it's it, it like i said it's perfectly fine i it's not one of those things where i'd be like yeah go watch this immediately but mm-hmm. if you said i'm gonna watch saving mr banks i wouldn't like stop you so this is him trying to get the rights to mary poppins from yes the author. because whoever the author was yeah uh, mary j blige mary j blige <laughs> pl travers is the emma thompson <laughs> oh, character that was close uh <laughs> Did you say was, mary j. Blige? was notoriously um uh difficult to to get to sign away her story because it was so personal to her this is something that actually happened to mm. her or you know based <laughs> without on the magic. without the umbrellas <laughs> flying ship. um but uh, emma thompson plays pl travers in this and uh and so like the whole thing is them trying to convince her this is what the kind of movie we're doing and everything and she's not on board with it at first <laughs> but then she gets one over of course because uh, we wouldn't have seen mary poppins if she wasn't yeah I, spoiler <laughs> fucking yeah has tom hanks ha- made more movies than anyone where the ending is known before you watch it uh maybe so uh yeah apollo yeah, 13 he's done a lot well and sully we're gonna get to in yeah. a minute yeah he's and done a lot of these biopic movies like the captain phillips you knew he was gonna get out <laughs> mm-hmm. does that in philadelphia you know he's gonna die <laughs> <laughs> this is why i have been walking away from jokes all day because i didn't want to be the one to make that kind of joke and you didn't even hesitate you just walked right into that oh goodness gracious that was was, um wrong and awesome (laughs) anyway i don't think you should allow disney to make a movie about walt disney (laughs) 
yeah. you're gonna get like super schmaltz and yeah. super. And that's another guy who. I mean, all these guys have. Oh yeah, dude. I Walt got Disney I got some beef with Walt Disney. Guy. <laughs> yeah. You know, Thomas Jefferson was not the. Well, we can go on. Yeah. 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 Yes. Uh, yeah, he was in that Carly Rae Jepsen video. I really like you. Yeah, uh, that's right. I it's so that. it's such a good video. It's just him like. Uh, like getting in a car and driving somewhere and then getting out and doing a little dance. She but it's adorable. has the, one of the biggest fan bases for somebody that seems to never get played on the radio. Yeah, I know. Call Me Maybe was on the radio. Yep. Nothing since. Now, I mean, but this one was on, on for a while. huge ass following. Mm-hmm. Huge. Especially with LGBT, too. Yeah. Yeah. She, uh, I mean, she does good stuff. Yeah, she does good stuff. I, I really, really, <laughs> I really, really like her stuff. Uh, her yeah. Uh, but he's, he's singing along. He's lip syncing to it and everything. Mm-hmm. And it is adorable. Uh, then Bridge of Spies. This is a movie that, um, a lot of people are, it's kind of, I don't know. They either don't like it or don't like it as much as they feel like they should. It is, the pedigree on this movie, Spielberg directing, Coen Brothers writing, uh, you know, you feel like you're going to get something just awesome, mm-hmm. and it's perfectly okay. Yeah. Um, the main star of this is Mark Rylance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wins the Oscar for this. Um, Beating out Sly. Yeah. They, everybody were, thought Sly was going to win. People were upset about that. Mm-hmm. But Rylance is better. He's I was so fucking good. Um, yeah. He's great in this, and he's great in Dunkirk. Mm-hmm. Like, he is just... He's had a long career. Yeah, and I can't really remember a whole lot of things that he's been in, except for those two movies. He's spectacular. Well, speaking of the incestopedia, <laughs> he was in a movie called Angels and Insects. I saw this movie. Yeah, it's got incest in it. Was Hold that on. from the 90s? Yeah, 90s. It's called say. Angels and Insects? Yes. But there's incest. You, yes. you and you know well, that of, they eventually rearrange the letters, right? Oh, <laughs> but there's also like one of them is an insectologist or whatever the fuck you call yeah, those yeah, bug yeah. people. Um, there's a there's a girl in this movie that I was in love with. Yeah, I know you're talking about. Um, is it Pat, Patsy Kensett? Yes, Patsy Kensett. She Who was, was also in Lethal Weapon Two. Yeah, his dead girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think she's in. <laughs> I think she's in. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's in 187. Oh, I don't. Samuel L. Jackson. I'm not. I don't remember her in that. But <laughs> that's who she is. She dies. It's true. That's true. He's got angst, man. Um, I, I, I think uh, Patsy Kensett might be the one that he ends up with in Lethal Weapon Two. Um, <laughs> maybe you're. But right. uh, but yeah, I know you're talking. I know. I know what you're talking about because yeah, she's pretty. Angels and insects about it's got donald logan it too oh 187 that's could be kelly rowan who you're talking about i think it is yeah uh he he's yeah he had a long career but um bridge of spies is one of those movies by the end of it you're like yeah i saw something pretty good there Mm -hmm. but you're expecting a lot more i guess maybe that's not fair we watch a spielberg movie written by the coen brothers we're expecting yep something just Mm mind-blowing but I mean, it's got a couple of tense scenes in it. It's it's good, mm-hmm. and you it, also know the outcome of this one too, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the 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 I think the main drama is uh, concerns the Berlin Wall mm-hmm. and um and trying to get him in in and out of it, and it's an exchange. It's a prisoner exchange because mm-hmm. they have somebody. The other side has somebody that they need, and they get him, and he's a guy who's like fig. He's like a math guy or something like that who solved something i don't remember the whole thing mm. but 
uh yeah it's a prisoner exchange movie but uh it was good i liked it uh ithaca don't Ithaca. Know, don't know this movie. Meg Ryan directed it. I'm familiar with this it's movie. It's the one where Tom Hanks stands up in the courtroom and yells, Ithaca! Oh, yeah. Ithaca! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember this. <laughs> no, it is interesting. Meg Ryan directed this. I think she's directed at least one other movie. Uh, but uh, yeah, he uh, he plays a small part in this. I never saw it, but I'm aware of it. It's a, a boy uh, after the war, after I think World War II, that wants to be the fastest bike messenger in Ithaca. And he plays a dad or something like that. Mm. Oh. Mm. Okay. Uh, I did not see a hologram for the king either. Dude, I think this is like a Saudi Arabian movie that I don't even know if it came out here. It's it's a very Saudi cast. Does Tom Hanks play the hologram? <laughs> he is the star in this. Like it it's like featuring him, but like all the other he goes so, to Saudi Arabia to do something and it's populated with a lot of Saudi actors and I don't know if it came out in America. Yeah. Wide release. Not sure. Uh, then we have Sully. Clint Eastwood uh, directed this one. The uh, this this movie makes me a little frightened about the Richard Jewell movie that's coming out. Yeah, because this none of this shit happened yeah. in Sully. A lot of it is uh, not there. The the whole thing. Well, like obviously the the thing that happens where you know Sullivan's the guy who uh, you know had trouble with his plane he landed it into the hudson river um and uh made a safe water landing and everybody was considered a hero for like you know for however long that news cycle lasted and uh this movie makes it seem like everybody thought he was a hero but there was a court case <laughs> with uh with the a the ava and everybody and they wanted to know why he he felt like it was it was needed to to land his plane in the water when he could have done all these other things mm -hmm. uh that teterboro could have gone to teterboro yeah, he could have gone to teterboro <laughs> um we, yeah none of that shit happened now i guess it makes it a compelling movie mm. to have this story you never heard because it didn't exist um in in it because it does show you uh the kind of wrong thing th thinking that you can have when you're like why did he do this uh, it makes no sense if like all these people like uh, in a simulator can get back to the airport then why was he why did he have to land in the water um and you know the movie he finally gets to he finally gets to say something at the end i don't think they're gonna let him say something for the longest time mm -hmm. and then he finally gets his chance uh and he says he says how many everybody going into these simulators knows exactly what's going to happen as soon as they go up into the into yep. the thing and they know and they've got everything mapped out for them as soon as they get in there that's the reason why they're able to get back to the airport now just imagine if you didn't know this detail and this detail and this detail mm. and see what you're able to do and of course there's a big huge thing where he's talking about that and they do the simulators and none of the people in the simulators can actually get back to the airport at that mm. point and uh that's where he's like okay well let's reaffirm that he's a hero after all and then there's like a whole like real sully at the end talking to all the people and jesus and uh i don't know what to think of this movie yeah uh, I did what's not the point like of it? it i did not like it i like it. I, the hanks was fine there's yeah. no reason to make this movie i know i know it's just and it's why well, uh, eastwood it's maybe a, this richard jewell will be different the trailer was great yeah i mean i, I want to see it yep uh it's just that i understand you want to make a movie about sully the problem is that flight lasted what 30 minutes yep something like that not even <laughs> that like it was like a minute and a half 
right? They took off from LaGuardia. Well, yeah, and then the aftermath and the landing it's and the just, getting yeah, off. Yeah, like all all, that stuff. all the stuff that happened is not is not a movie length. Right. Like, however, however you look at it. And uh, so you have to add these things, right? And I think he turns it. It's an hour and a half, but it feels like three <laughs> yeah, hours yeah, yeah. or something like that because it's you know, like, you know, like yes, yeah, so like of course he's a hero. It's like he, watching C-SPAN. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, they make they they make you wait. They make you beg for that actual shot of the plane going in the water. Yeah. Like they show the plane in flight and the quote unquote event. Like three fucking times mm. before the last time when you finally actually get to see the action scene of him landing the plane in the water. Yep. It took forever to blow its load. It did. <laughs> uh, Those are the best loads. That's true. <laughs> the ones that the ones that take a long time. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> it's like in it's like in Booty Call where Jamie Foxx is like banging Viv- Vivica Fox at the end of it and and uh he, he blows his load too soon. <laughs> and he's like, I've been holding on to that one all day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow wow we went from know, sully to booty call we did. <laughs> hey you want another friends reference okay there's an episode where joey needs money he's out of work uh-huh. so he goes to see if there's any fluids he can sell yeah <laughs> the lady goes we don't have any studies right now for that he goes damn i've been kind of saving up no, no. <laughs> uh we briefly mentioned inferno during the da vinci code i didn't see this one though it is worse than the other two okay uh, the book the source material is worse the, this is taking the the incredulity of the other stories and taking it up like several notches mm-hmm. it's a ridiculous story did howard do this one too i think so Ooh. uh yeah he did this one so he's worked with howard five times at least um but yeah, yeah didn't it, see it it grossed 220 million so i mean worldwide the, yeah and i think though Dan Brown has another book, another big bestseller that came out a couple of years ago. So I'm sure they'll get back on the horse work. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I never saw this. We did preview it uh, in one of our uh, uh, spring previews, The Circle, <laughs> which was the sort of the Apple movie, what everybody yeah. was calling it. You saw this. What, tell, tell, tell us about it. I kind of like it. Kind of like it? <laughs> I kind of like it. Is it good? Is it as good as the internship? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> please tell me it's as good as the internship you know i mean you know the story you're gonna guess the story every little beat of it but emma watson is really good attack the block uh <laughs> boy it's john, john boyega. boyega he's really good in it uh hanks is like a nice like tim cook uh steve jobs ish uh tech leader and all that stuff uh there's there's a good cast in here and it moves al- <laughs> it moves along at a good pace it's a fun story. I have to got, watch this got bullshit. Panned. I yeah. mean, everybody hated this movie, yeah. and you predicted it was going to be shitty. Yeah. And it's not good, <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, but I I think it's it. all right. I still might not ever watch it. All right. Okay. Uh, the David S. Pumpkins Halloween special. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Hanks had a weird little renaissance there where he was on Saturday Night Live and he plays this David S. Pumpkins character who appears on every floor of an elevator like a, during a haunted house yeah, yeah, yeah. haunted house there are these two this couple is like going up the these floors and every door opens it seems like david <laughs> you know the the david s pumpkins character is there and hanks is playing this you know this is he evil is he <laughs> the whole issue the whole joke is what the fuck yeah <laughs> and so when they did a fucking special an animated special on i think it was nbc probably uh, I watched this 
and it was awful. It's yeah. it's it's like giving Michael Myers a be backstory. Good. Wasn't it animated? Yeah, yeah. No, uh, the, I love that. I've watched the David S. Pumpkin skit regularly because it's just Bobby Moynihan and who the other guy is just like bam boom bam 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 yeah yeah and he's like any questions <laughs> and then yeah the the big reveal by the end of it because he keeps showing up at every floor and then by the end of it they're like oh david s pumpkins isn't on this one and then he shows up in the elevator and pops <laughs> right out yeah. any questions yeah uh, and it's a, it's a hilarious bit it's a hilarious bit so mm, they don't need to yeah, do make a whole thing out of it uh and then we have the post uh yeah, a fifth uh collaboration with spielberg they're starting to get less and less yeah <laughs> essential uh yeah this is the story of the pentagon papers uh hanks plays uh hanks pay- plays jason robards um, <laughs> he plays ben bradley in this and meryl street plays the uh, owner of the paper and uh again it's the whole like do we publish this mm. do we not uh story the the how they got it is sort of uh illegal mm-hmm. <laughs> how they got those things bob odenkirk's great in this though he is, he is. the rest uh, of it is, is a big goddamn yawn yeah everything else is like eh. yeah yeah there's nothing wrong with it no it's okay i would have <laughs> liked it if you showed it to me when i was in school it was better than the movies they showed me in school that's true yeah yeah and it has a historical context yep but um no did not like yeah yeah yeah. And I can actually report on A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood since Ooh. I've seen that movie. Uh, it's it's good. Yeah. He plays it. It's an interesting thing. Well, and there'll be a mini pod of this uh, before this one mm-hmm. post. Uh, but uh, it's not about Fred Rogers. Not okay. really. It's about the guy interviewing It's about him? the guy. It's about uh, the Matthew Reese character mm-hmm. who's in it, who uh, plays the writer for Esquire. Uh, and uh, how he, he's 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 got he's got problems with his dad played by chris cooper um i not know what that could be yeah <laughs> like the shift the um, shifted. his dad um uh left left early left his left him with his sick mom cheated on his mom all collected that. all the nazi plates collected all the nazi plates <laughs> Did you say it's chris cooper be- yeah. beat up <laughs> west bentley um um <laughs> Got on to show my girlfriend your nutty plate. Got on the got on the stand in the Carly Haley trial. <laughs> um, but uh, runs Treadstone. <laughs> he runs Treadstone. Collects magnolias or whatever the fuck it is and adaptation. Uh, uh, <laughs> Orchids. 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 When was the last time you saw adaptation? Uh, a couple years ago. That movie ends bonkers as fuck. Yeah, it does. does. Like people getting shot out yeah. in the middle of the bayou. <laughs> yeah. I oh, forgot yeah. how nuts the ending of that movie. Oh yeah. I just put myself in my screenplay. It's kind of weird, isn't it? Um, yeah, adaptation's great. Um, but it's really good. Um, I think he plays Fred Rogers really, really, really well in this. Um, it, at first, you're going to be like, ah, oh, that's just an impression. But it really does just feel like that's how Mr. Rogers was. Uh, there were some things about it that I wish they had explored more. Because there's some points where they're talking about how uh, he's... Uh, he has shown anger in the past. His wife talks about this and I'm like, and he's, and he just goes through things to get him out of it and everything. And I was like, it'd be really nice to see Mr. Rogers, like actually angry. I don't need to see him like in a, a boozy alcoholic fit mm. or anything like well, that. I do. Oh yeah. <laughs> I just want to see, I just wanted to see what it was like, see him angry and then see what he did to sort of calm himself yeah. down and everything. And there's just tiny allusions to like, 
this is something that happened. My sons were, were, you know, my son didn't want to acknowledge me for a while and all this other stuff. Like, it'd be kind of cool to explore that, but then it becomes your typical biopic right. at that point. Mm. And that's not the movie that they're making. So it's good. It's really good. Okay. It's, I, I gave it a B plus. Jonathan gave it an A. Um, uh, I don't know if it's essential viewing, mm-hmm. but um, it's good. I'll tell I, you, this like story that, that I've seen going around the last 24 hours is pissing me off. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, apparently Tom Hanks has just discovered in the lead up to this movie's release uh, that he's actually related to Mr. Rogers. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like the mm-hmm. he's like sixth There's cousin. Sixth cousins. Now, first of all, this this shit you knew. You did not just find this shit out a week before this movie came out. Yeah, you yeah. saved that information as some kind of a story you could tell on Ellen, and it's annoying. <laughs> Second of all, sixth cousins? I'm more related to you than sixth cousins are to each yeah, other. I don't That's even nothing know to crow. That... I'm probably fifth cousins with Mr. Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch. There's nothing in common there anymore. Get out of here with that shit. It's like, like my wife likes to watch those ancestry shows where, you know, like can find out oh my like but didn't ben affleck find out his parents oh own, i know what you're parents, talking about <laughs> his ancestors own slaves or something and had to like <laughs> reconcile if his parents own slave in boston fucking boston God, man damn. what would be the pr from that but like no, my, no. my mom likes these shows too and so my mom went down this genealogy wormhole rabbit hole mm-hmm. And was telling me a couple of Christmases ago that we're like 13th c- cousins removed from Alec Baldwin or whatever. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. Does that mean anything? Yeah. We're all related if you can, go back that like, far. Can, yeah, can I show up to his doorstep and he gives me like, you know, money or something? <laughs> yeah, no. If not, then we're not Alec. related. Yeah. All right, guys, it is time to talk about better help. Better yes. help. Better help. Yeah. Uh, I've talked a lot about this. We've talked a lot about this service, about it being super like easy to to access and everything to sign up for and to manage and everything and that is extremely important what i always leave out is the the whole searching for help like realizing that you need help because hmm. i think that that's a that's a important step that not a lot of people can really come to terms with unless there's like a crisis happening right like you can you hear it all the time like i didn't even realize i was depressed for like a year or so right. until I finally did talk to somebody and they were like, oh, well, that's the classic sign of depression, yeah. something like that or anxiety. You know, mm-hmm. I thought I was worrying too much, but, you know, it's anxiety. And there's this fine line of like what's overdiagnosing versus what is an actual problem that you need to address. And I think if you're even thinking about that line, it's probably worth examining mm-hmm. and it's probably worth examining with a professional. Uh not to put you on the spot if you don't want to do this. Oh, but I love like, the spot. Hit me. When did you realize that you probably need to start looking into professional help? Oh, when? Well, for me, it was literally uh, a chest thumping at night. Oh, yeah. And I felt like I, I had a heart issue. I thought, mm-hmm. felt like I was going to have a heart attack. Um, and it happened four nights in a row. And I finally went to just my regular medical doctor. Uh, and she started asking questions and she was like, yeah, you have anxiety. Mm. And so she prescribed um, <clears throat> a drug I'm not on anymore, but um, I took it the first night and then laying in bed that night, my chest starts thumping again. So I call the doctor and I leave a message saying, it's not working. <laughs> <laughs> and they call me back the next day and they were like, oh, it takes a few days to get into your system. It'll be fine. And then it did. Uh, but for me, it manifested physically. And then yeah. 
Once I got into therapy and started taking that drug, I could look back over the prior five, ten years and see all sorts of things that should have been red flags about anxiety yeah. that I just ignored. Yeah. I mean, it's so easy because you're going along your regular day, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't realize that I've been sitting on the couch for, you know, 11 hours straight or something like that. Yeah. Or that I haven't bathed in three days or something like that. Or that I'm not sleeping well uh, because maybe my mind is racing, things like that. And so it's it's very important to kind of be honest with you to, to yourself to kind of do like a mental checklist. If you do start feeling like maybe you need to to get some help, go to betterhelp.com/syncast, okay? And you get a special offer through through that. Go to that URL and you can literally say see like get started. You go through a few questionnaires that you know stuff like that, background forces you to think about some things. And then they match you up with a, with a counselor and you're off and running. You have like your own counseling room where you can make appointments. You can message. You can do quote homework, uh, little, uh, things that your counselor may say. This is something that I, I would recommend that you work on. Uh, it's, it, it cannot be easier. So go to betterhelp.com slash syncast. You get 10% off your first month, which is not nothing. Uh, let them know if you're having any financial issues. Go to BetterHelp.com. Take that first step if you feel like you need it. Uh, and it, it's just a fantastic service that we can't stop talking about. Can't. Can't stop. Won't yeah. stop. We love it. Do yeah. it. Uh, that rounds out his movie career. Of course, he had uh, he had some TV shows, mostly known for Bosom Buddies. Mm -hmm. Now, I never saw Bosom Buddies. Oh, really? Yeah. Isn't that the one where they pretend to be gay? Well, no, they no, pretend, pretend to, to be, be women. women. Yeah. Oh, so they pretend to be women. Yes. Okay. To get a discount on their uh their rent or something like that. Do you remember the the conceit of this, Jeremy? Of which one? Bosom Buddies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I never watched. It's either to for for work or for their apartment or something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh they have to be It's women. like an all girls building or something. Right, like something like that and and they have to, you know, I'm I'm sure it's incredibly dated at this point with the humor it's and like the that references and Amanda Whatever movie. One of the boys. Hug and kiss. One, one of the boys. <laughs> <laughs> you knew exactly what I was talking yeah, about. It's, I, uh, I saw that movie. That uh, I didn't see where it. Where she she poses as a, like a, she's trying to get on the soccer team. Yeah. She naked in that movie. Huh? She naked in that movie. No. No. One of the boys? Oh, in that, the 80s movie. Yeah. Yeah. The oh, one there's that a new talking, one. There's Amanda Bynes one Amanda that came Bynes. out. Amanda Bynes. That oh. came out like... 15 years ago and and she does the same thing but yes just one of the boys the 80s movie yes there is nudity in oh and i thought her name was amanda something too. Oh, i forget who it was. uh i have to look that up um but yeah it was at the bosom buddies was peter scolari was the uh, the other guy that was on peter that. scolari is that the one that ended up being bible man jeremy no maybe yes no <laughs> <laughs> there has been more than one bible man just that, for the record weren't you on an episode I was well. They're movies, Barrett. That's not a TV show. <laughs> oh, and I was in one. Yes. Uh, oh, the, it's Willie Ames, uh, Willie. the Charles in Charge guy, is a uh, Bible man. The uh, but, but not anymore. He stopped. That the Amanda the, Bynes movie was called me. "She's the Man." She's the man. 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 Just one of the guys. Uh, it was uh, Joyce Heiser who played uh, Terry Griffith. I, so what I, you're what you're telling me is that woman was naked. Yes. All right. It's actually not and, a bad movie. No, it's a pretty good movie. Mm -hmm. I, I remember I remember seeing this on cable at one mm -hmm. point. Uh, but yeah, then he's in a lot of other stuff. I guess he's just guest starring or or he's got a cameo or something. The Love Boat he was on. Yeah. Uh, Taxi he was on. Happy Days. Of course, there's the Ron Howard connection yeah, right yeah. there. But yeah, the comment that I was making is essentially he's the Forrest Gump of like 
TV. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, like yeah. all these tags, it was huge. Happy Days was huge. Bosom Buddies for the time was was huge. Love Boat was huge. And uh, yeah, Tales from the Crypt, and he's been Saturday Night Live at least ten times, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there was a thing back when I believe it was I believe it was Hanks when he did his fifth. That's when they started doing that five member club. Yeah, and thing. they just did it again uh, this uh, recently with uh, Will Ferrell. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> He's uh, he, the 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 ones that I think of on SNL are the David S. Pumpkins. And then the, when he introduces Aerosmith at Wayne's World, oh, yeah, he sees yeah. the roadie. He's like sibilance, sibilance, yeah. sibilance. Classic. Yeah. And everybody that gets on a mic when he asks for a check, like a vocal check, they'll do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sibilance. Yeah. Did you see Will Ferrell's interview on one of those night shows where he was talking about? He bumped into Christopher Walken recently, and Christopher Walken's pissed at him. Yeah. Because <laughs> people won't stop making cowbell jokes every time they say Christopher Walken, and he blames Will Ferrell for it. Yeah. It's like, I can't even get a meal without the waitress asking me if I need more cowbell. <laughs> oh, God. He said he ruined his life. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's another classic, Hank's uh, Saturday Night Live, where he's a part of this family, and like everything that one of the family members experiences everybody has to experience it so like they're like this cereal is terrible and everybody has to enjoy the everybody has to eat the cereal and then it like gets progressively worse and then finally he like somebody r- runs down to the basement and trips over a board and they're like hey there's a board here that trips that trips you up and makes you fall down and everybody has to go in and- <laughs> uh you want to do some questions yes i do question question i got something to say I am listening. I want the truth. Uh, we have excellent, excellent questions I coming at you. Have prepared some answers. Uh, one of which I'm not even uh, aware of. In oh. fact, let's start with that one. Hey, oh. Sin Squad. Question for the podcast. It's always interesting when you guys take a sin off of the sin count. This is obviously the videos. Uh, I was wondering about the details of it. Who came up with the idea? Who writes the most sins off? I actually do know that. I know that one. <laughs> have you ever rejected any sin offs yes. before? Yes. Well, let's start with the beginning. So how did this come about you started it yeah the first one i believe is the gray really yes wow what a weird video to start yeah it's mainly just because it there was a moment in the movie that i found just for some reason because of the way liam neeson says this and because it's just so forceful and everything i was just like Man, I, I want to write something about this, but I feel like it's too good to send it. Yeah. And so, like, the there's a part where a guy, that, I think it's the Frank Griot character, like, wants to steal a wallet or something. He wants to take one of the dead people's wallet. And Liam Neeson is like, he's like, you're going to put that wallet back down or I'm going to beat you to death over a fucking billfold. <laughs> and, um, and so, like, uh, I wrote in that thing as a, and I think... I actually went back into the, some emails and found the gray. I don't know if it was for sure the first one, but I was looking at some, some, what we were saying, uh, about it and everything. And like, uh, it, we weren't even calling it sin removal. We were <laughs> like, we're that one where we take the sin back is what we were <laughs> calling it. So it had to have been at least new enough to, we, we didn't have a name for it huh. at the time. Um, so yeah, I believe it was the gray. I believe it was that line. And then uh, it and then it started growing out to anything else that was like just something that hit you in a mm-hmm. certain way. And, you know, I don't rem- after that, I don't know what the second one was or the <laughs> third one, but I do remember the gray being there. Interesting. Yeah. I'm kind of a hawk on these. Like, I'm probably more often than not 
more often than either of you like will cut one mm-hmm. or reject one um just because I don't want to be too liberal with them yeah like like I get the idea that the point is to show we're just joking we're not we even some of the sin removal say we're not made of stone this mm-hmm. is a yeah, good yeah. section yada yada but I don't want to go too far with it mm-hmm. not every movie should get a sin removal that's true and 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 there have been some in recent movies that have been written by others that I have cut. Oh, yeah? Because I did not want them in this movie. Mm. Some movies do not deserve any sins off. Some, I agree. Some do not. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I have I have cut several. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have cut several. Um, I have. There's also been times where someone will write a sin about something, and then uh, someone will write a removal on the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, one... I, and this is a case of where you kept the removal mm. and and I wrote the sin about it. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, it was in, um, which one is it where they go back and they try to talk to Hugh Jackman and he just says, go fuck yourselves. That's first, first class. class. It's first class. Yeah. Uh, so I wrote something about that. I had to like, I had to like go a long way to get to that <laughs> sin. But you wrote a re- removal, and like when I got it back, I didn't even have a choice. It was a removal, <laughs> um, and uh, and so there are there are times where you get that. Um, but yes, there have been a few times where I've re- I've read people's scripts that I'm not a part of, and I'm like, seriously, guys, mm-hmm. we're gonna pull a sin off of yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is a you know it is a feeling just every once in a while where you'll you'll catch yourself because you're in sin mode when you're when you're writing these things you're totally in sin mode you're the nitpicking asshole and then every once in a while something will just like hit you out of nowhere make you laugh or smile or something like the that the best one for like, me was inside out when i'm writing sins for this movie i had never seen it and we get to that part at the end mm-hmm. where the brain goes boy boy <laughs> girl, girl, girl. and i laughed out loud and it was so genuine i pulled out my mic and just tried to keep laughing long enough <laughs> and something that really makes me laugh it'll make me laugh you know off and on for several minutes and so the laughter in that sits video is completely genuine oh that's because i recorded that laugh two weeks before the script was locked and we <laughs> recorded the narration i just wanted to capture that that's the only time i've ever done that wow did you ever do you ever start off writing a sin and it turns into a removal oh yes or vice versa yes yep. Yeah, I, that's happened to me a few times. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, and then there was the the Pulp Fiction script, which you guys wrote, which probably would have been one we could have gotten away with Yeah, too many removals, but I, that was my main feedback was, I think we need to trim some of these removals back, or here where we took off 10 cents, maybe let's only take off five. Well, and, and I think at that point, we had already trimmed a few removals. We had already <laughs> trimmed <laughs> removals from I'm it. I'm sure you had. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Jeremy goes to narrate that. I think you're in almost narration phase, and you're like, I think some of these might be too much or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I can see that. So we, I think we we knocked down some that we took three or four off, and mm-hmm. then we, I think we did a wholesale removal of like a removal of the removal like twice yeah, yeah in yeah. that script from from what he was saying and then ended up having oh good still a good amount yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So still a good 18 20 cents ticking off that fucker yeah probably yeah. as as many as we've ever done yeah and, except for those occasions where we're like a hundred cents off or whatever <laughs> and just multiply it for craziness oh there was a time where uh where kevin smith wanted to remove a hundred cents from uh, the star wars oh, seriously thing. that's right <laughs> yeah there was um <laughs> So, so we wrote a we wrote the script for Kevin with some moments for Kevin Smith to to do his narration on. He brought it back, and again, I stress, I love the Kevin Smith narration. Mm-hmm. I don't care what a lot of you fuckers say. <laughs> um, and uh, and 
he uh he came back with his own interpretation of everything we wrote so that's why there's like when he comes on it's kevin smith basically doing you know him you know he can't stop talking yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh and uh he said something about like uh i can't remember which scene it was but he was like he's like i'm gonna take out a hundred cents for this <laughs> and whatever and i was like no <laughs> we're not doing that <laughs> no kevin uh you want to do another one sure oh i like this one a lot I think the movie Us is a brilliant film. It's a word I never use to de- describe a movie. Uh, so for you guys, what fa- what movie falls under this category? Um, brilliant. Yeah, I you know I, I guess you have to classify. Is this different from anything else that you think is a masterpiece, or is it good, or whatever? I tend to fall along the lines of where this question is going, though, where you take a concept, a high concept like us, and you're able to execute it great, you know, like you know, execute it in a good way. The Matrix is one of those. Yeah. The Sixth Sense is one of those. Um, but you know, in the end, I I I just sort of listed a bunch of movies that I think are brilliant. Get Out. Yeah. City of God. Mm-hmm. Children of Men. The Prestige. Interstellar. I could put Inception in there. I could put nearly almost every Nolan movie in there. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, those those movies are ones that I left the theater just going, God, that how do you do a movie like that? Yeah, so yeah especially something like Children of Men where, you're like, personally, that movie is so tense mm-hmm. that you just you, – you, you walk out – and you're you're still clenched up like mm-hmm. as soon as you relax you notice how tense everything has been uh yeah that's a that's a good call on all this uh by the way it's funny i was looking uh i was looking for some uh movie on one of the other questions that we have on here and i went back to the old movie review site <laughs> and looked at some of the stuff and i have a review for children of men in there and of course i'm like oh it's awesome and everything and, and one of the few ones that actually got a comment on it you you wrote a comment and you were like, all I'm seeing about this is rave, rave, rave. I'm going to have to see this movie sometime. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. What do you think? Uh, well, The Prestige is, a, is the perfect answer because I've seen that movie maybe 20, 25 times at this point. And I've said this before on the podcast. Every time I watch it, uh, my mind is reblown that they could even make it. Yeah. Because it's so fucking out of order. Yeah. And I swear to God, they must have written it linearly. I know they didn't. That's why it blows my mind. But it feels like they had to have written it in order and then chopped it into a bunch of pieces and scattered them around. But I guarantee you Nolan planned it all because he does the same kind of trick in Dunkirk with the time and the cutting back with Mm -hmm. the different times. And I just think he works on another level. Um, And uh, Prestige fascinates me because you can pick it up and think, oh, this is two thirds of the way in. But it's actually in the first five minutes because Mm -hmm. of the way it keeps jumping around mm-hmm. uh, i was also going to say ex machina yeah is the kind of film that <clears throat> blew my mind when i saw it um gone baby gone anything that makes me think mm-hmm. for days and days or longer i would probably consider brilliant uh, roma um but yeah it all depends on how you choose to define brilliant which is going to be a little different for every person the prestige is brilliant on like a logical puzzle kind of level whereas Roma's brilliant more on like a for me, on uh, a visual beauty level and emotional, uh, thematic yeah. Yeah, symbolism yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of level, um, but I do love the question because everybody's because everybody has a de- different definition of brilliant. We get so many different answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I've rewatched Arrival like a, a, a million times at this point uh, because I get something new out of it. The guy Villeneuve and, and his writers 
just solved something. He mm-hmm. made he made the time construct, the time travel make sense from any angle, at least for me. I've got a limited amount of uh, brain to to take it in. But any angle that I look at it, it makes perfect fucking sense. Mm-hmm. And to have that as just an aspect of this whole story and really like the emotional whammy and how that ties back into it and the visuals with the heptapods and all that stuff and the Forrest Whitakers, like it's it's every every box. Parasite yeah, is a movie that we just saw recently, Chris and I did. I think that transcends a normal film. That's a film that I walked out of thinking, I, I don't think I've seen something like this before, and it's going to be hard to replicate because every time you think you got this movie figured out, there's something different. There's a new angle that's happening, and it's all enjoyable and fantastic. The performances are great. The, the camera work is terrific. The themes are terrific. This movie is definitely brilliant. It's the most mm-hmm. brilliant movie I've seen this year. Yeah, mm. definitely up there for me. You think the same thing? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that movie, god damn. The performances very, are so fucking good. Very few movies this year are going to beat that. You got to yes. I'm dying to see it. Oh my god, I see knives, right knives Out. I, got, I hate going to the Bell Court. It's like going to Green Hills now, which feels like I'm, I'm going to get stuck in some kind of societal molasses. <laughs> Well, you are that. You are going to get stuck in societal molasses. <laughs> I won't be able to get out. Well, you have to like, the closer be you get to-, to the heart of Green Hills or Hillsborough Village, the more thing everything slows down, and the longer it takes to get out back out from the center of that place. You can get in and out to the Belcourt pretty easily. Uh, I'm exaggerating. It's not like I don't have a point. <laughs> what are some movies that you like from a director that may not be known for one genre, but branched out into something else that you end up liking better than what they're known for? A recent example is Joker, where Todd Phillips branched out from his usual comedy movies like The Hangover, Old School, to make a more dramatic character study. Mm-hmm. I'll start off because I've got a, I've got a, I've got an issue. Okay, Joker is the perfect example for this mm-hmm. because it is Todd Phillips stepping out of his comfort zone or whatever what we've defined as his comfort mm-hmm. zone to make something different. I think that it's not a good example. No offense to the the listener. But it's not a good example because I think he's the detriment to that movie. I think that movie could have been fantastic if it were done by a more capable director. And I say that he's certainly capable with Hangover and Old School and stuff like that. But a different director, a a director that's more attuned to that sort of character study. You know who's rich? Todd Todd Phillips. Phillips. Yeah, yeah. Because he took almost no money up front for Joker. And it's the same fucking deal he took for The Hangover, where he took a chunk of the earnings and both movies went on to be mega, mega hits. That dude's probably walking away with like $100 million from this movie. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's got literal fuck you money. Yeah. <laughs> he can make Jokers two through eight if he wants, well, and he doesn't even need a studio. And apparently he's going to. So my my examples uh, of a director doing something different, I'm going to briefly suckle at Kubrick's teat. Ooh. Because I just watched Dr. Strangelove recently, Ooh. and the fact that even Stanley Kubrick, when he was younger, doing a fucking comedy, like a comedy comedy, is pretty amazing, because the guy was not known for his sense of humor at all. Uh, so that's perfect. And But the one that I really want to do is uh, Alfonso Cuaron's Gravity, oh. uh, because that is on a different level. At this point, he's done Great Expectations. He's done Itu Mama Tambien. Um, he's done... Um, well, Children of Men and all that stuff, but certainly nothing 
as technologically ambitious mm-hmm. as something like this. I mean, they invented shit for this movie. This is like James Cameron and Robert Rodriguez type of territory, right? And so the fact that he nailed all the technical precisions in addition to a great story about flying space dust mm-hmm. is awesome. Yeah. Yes. All right. I've suckled at the teeth. Yeah, yeah. Um, teeth suckler. I'm going to go with uh, Adam McKay. Oh, who, uh, who did Anchorman and he did Step Brothers and the other guys. And uh, then he goes and does the big short. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's a movie that if you told me that Adam McKay direct, he was going to direct a movie like this, I'd be like, no, no. <laughs> this guy has done so many goofy comedies. What do you, what do you mean? <laughs> uh, and the big short is still a comedy, essentially. But uh, to get all of that really complex information into this movie and make it entertaining mm-hmm. and everything is a magic trick. And uh, and he does have this way about doing this stuff. It happens in Vice as well. And I know you guys mm-hmm. don't like that. But um, but uh, he has this way of conveying this information that's different from uh, any director that we've seen. And uh, so he still has the sense of comedy and everything in this. But he also has uh, the ability to keep it dramatic when it needs to be and um and uh just an exciting movie it's one of my favorite movies of the decade mm. yeah the decade mm. decade <laughs> and all the other things <laughs> i have three answers because two of them are movies we're probably never going to get uh but for a good year or so david fincher was signed to direct world war z2 mm-hmm. um <clears throat> which is maybe the most intriguing director film pairing it's a sequel yeah it's a zombie movie fincher has never been anywhere near this kind of stuff um unless you count seven which i don't alien three alien three maybe um but that's not going to happen apparently that's gone is it really bye bye oh the other one uh, that i don't think is going to happen that came close was tarantino star trek <laughs> you're choosing movies that don't exist i have a real answer for this question i just wanted to point out that these would have both been excellent departures mm. had they gone through mm-hmm. the real answer i'm going to go with is spike lee's inside man okay. uh, which uh feels much more like um you know uh michael mann movie than a typical spike lee movie yep and uh it's fantastic mm-hmm. so i end up wishing he would make more heist films and um stuff like that and uh most of his movies were socially conscious uh kind of, i don't even know if he even the ones that you don't think are or don't have the like the weighty importance of a malcolm x or something like that uh have some message that he's trying to go inside man is a straight up thriller yep you know and uh it's it's an awesome movie yeah it is man i can i can get sucked into that one pretty quick mm-hmm. yeah many star treks are out there right now in development yeah i think they've scrapped everything and they're gonna go with holly and then and the old cast Noah. okay so that's gonna be that's because it was originally i guess jj abrams right um well who did beyond it was uh just uh, justin Justin lynn justin lynn so there was gonna be that continuation then there was the tarantino one now there's a Holly one, but the Holly one is the continuation of the the series. Well, yes and no. Originally, the continuation was going to bring back Hems- Chris Hemsworth, and they were going to do another time travel right, adventure right. where Pine and his dad Hemsworth could pal around together, which is a lovely idea. Hemsworth's mm-hmm. one of the best things about any of those three uh, Trek movies. 
Uh, but we've already kind of time traveled enough in this series. Yes, we uh, have. And so I'm relieved if we don't go that direction. So what I think we're going to get is maybe not Hemsworth. Because the, the reason that fell apart was money. Right. And they couldn't afford to pay everybody. Um, and uh, yeah, I think Noah Hawley might be the right guy. I'm excited to see. I feel about the way I did a year ago with the Matt Reeves Batman thing, where mm-hmm. I think the more I hear news about this over the next year, the more I'm going to be excited about this. God damn, there's a lot of characters in that new Batman, though, man. Oh, man, they just cast John Turturro. I know. Well, he's playing Gordon, right? He No. Gordon is John uh, Jeffrey Wright. Uh, oh. oh, okay. And Alfred is going to be Andy Serkis. Right. And Turturro is playing... Carmine Falcone. Oh, Falcone. Carmine Falcone, who was played by... Eric Roberts. Yep. No... He was the follow-up. Oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Uh, the guy from Michael, Michael Clayton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, <clears throat> I just... I, it does sound like too too many characters, because mm-hmm. we've got a penguin, we've got a Catwoman, mm-hmm. but the, the approach seems to be, like, there is a crime that Batman is trying to investigate and detective his ass off, and there's also kind of a rogues gallery escape of some kind of... So I think there's a bunch of bad guys out amongst, Go- like, Gotham... And Batman has to determine, was Penguin involved with this crime or not? Was no. Catwoman involved with this crime or not? Uh, so they may not be, like, in the whole movie. Okay. They may only, like, have you ever played any of the Arkham games? No. So they're fun as fuck because mm-hmm. you get to fight, like, Batman and swing and fly and float. Um, but you also get to get in the Batmobile and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but almost every one of those games is essentially the same. Arkham has been breached. Everybody's out on the streets. Batman go around them up one at a time. And so you fight all of riddler's henchman and then the big boss of that battle is riddler and then you've locked riddler back up and now you go after penguin or and of course joker's behind always behind all of it mm-hmm. for the most part uh, so i think it's going to kind of take some cues from those games all right um but uh I'm anytime probably, i see like just too many characters it's like yeah, yeah. well with the, of course remember when knives out was getting cast it was literally yeah. every other day a famous person was so and so has signed on for knives out to where people started making jokes who's not in knives <laughs> out and you know apparently that turned out okay so uh tom wilkinson tom, tom wilkinson, wilkinson. there you. you go i would love for y'all to do an episode about your favorite movie quotes in caddyshack lacy with ty is at his house and she says here's an uncashed check for seventy thousand dollars and chevy chase says and eh, keep it so uh, an example of one of our listeners' favorite lines, movie quotes. What do you guys think? Uh, I wrote down three, and this is not nearly the uh, comprehensive list that <laughs> I could come up with. But uh, airplane, we have clearance, clearance. Roger, Roger. That's what's our vector, Victor, mm-hmm. is uh, one of my favorites. Um, uh, the prestige has that thing at the end. Now you're looking for the secret, but you won't find it because, of course, you're not really looking. You don't want to work it out. You want to be fooled. Uh-huh. And then uh, this is the random one that came to me. This is not a greatest line of all time, but it's so fun funny how clancy brown says this in shawshank redemption yeah i don't need i don't need anybody to tell me where the bear shit shit in the buckwheat (laughs) (laughs) he's got a lot of great quotes (laughs) he's got a lot of like i swear to god and sonny jesus (laughs) yeah yeah you're that smart wife killing banker (laughs) well i uh i quote uh uh, see, I can't give you best favorite quotes, just quotes that I quote the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, they become my favorite because of repetition. So I always quote the end of Finding Nemo when I'm driving with my wife and a streetlight fucks me over. Mm-hmm. And I say, that's the shortest red light I've ever seen when they're trying to cross the road. Uh, and then I love white Christmas quotes. We watch that every year. And there's a there's a zinger in there where because uh, they're making fun of each other and. <clears throat> 
One of them's trying to find a date for the other one. Bing Crosby's trying or Danny Kay? Danny Kay's trying to get mm-hmm. Bing Crosby to date more um, so that he can date more and settle down and have kids and yada yada. And one of them zings the other one and he says, well, when what's left of you gets around to what's left to be gotten, what's left to be gotten won't be worth getting whatever it is you've got left. <laughs> and, and the other one goes, when I figure out what that means, I'll come up with a crushing reply because <laughs> it, it means nothing. But I, I like to quote that all the time. Nice. I've got some random ones just from uh, ones that I've seen recently. Uh, and one of the best scenes in Inside Lewin Davis is the studio scene with uh, Oscar Isaac, uh, Justin Timberlake, and Adam Driver. And they're they're going through the please, Mr. Kennedy. They're like, please, Mr. Kennedy, I don't want to go to outer space. And as they're like working through Justin Timberlake and, and uh, Oscar Isaac, as they're walking through the song, Adam Driver's in the, the, the side of the room going, shoot, shoot. <laughs> Because his part is like this weird, like, like kind of sound effects and shit like that. And there's a part where they're doing their thing. He's going, shoot. And then all of a sudden, like, Oscar Isaac just looks up like, fuck is what that guy? <laughs> just acknowledges him. Anyway, so that's a, that's a funny line. The, uh, uh, another one that I've seen recently was the other guys, actually. The other guys has some of the funniest jokes per minute of any Adam McKay movie mm-hmm. ever. Mark Wahlberg, I don't think has ever been better in a comedic role as this. Uh, he goes up to his girlfriend. He's, 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 his girlfriend and him just uh, broke up or they're on the, the, the outs. And, uh, he goes up to her and she's, he's like, I love you, Francine. If you were with me, you wouldn't be in the strip club shaking it for dollar bills. In the context, she's in a ballet studio. <laughs> 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 like in mid dance. <laughs> Fucking great. Uh, and then the, the, the movie Clue is endlessly quotable. Yes. But one of the ones that, that I love a lot is uh, it's uh, Mrs. White. She's talking about her, her dead husband and everything. She's like, he threatened to kill me in public. And then the Scarlet's like, why would he kill you in public? And then Wadsworth comes in. He's like, I think she means... He threatened in public to kill her. <laughs> <laughs> just such a smart thing. It's yeah. just, they're thrown away. It's fucking hilarious. So this is just uh, they're not best of all time. We've yeah, all heard those, I mean, but you, yeah, I mean, I don't think this question you we should go with the like stuff we've like AFI's top one hundred <laughs> or anything like that. It was really just like we could we could do this question literally every week, yeah. and it would be like oh some new shit that I thought of. <laughs> Well, uh, that'll do it for this episode. Keep going to Syncast presented by CinemaSense on Facebook. We have a CinemaSense Twitter, a music video since Twitter. Uh, we're on Reddit. We're on SoundCloud. Uh, if you want to get on Discord, we're on Discord. Uh, you have a link on the Reddit page on the right side somewhere. Mm-hmm. And we ha- you can also ask me for one on the Facebook page uh, through the private messages. I will give you an invite to that. Uh, and yeah. Just uh, tell us what you thought about this episode noodling around uh, discord the other day that's uh, that's pretty cool it's yeah. a cool little uh, area i'm getting used to discord and slack and those kind of like i vertical swear to things. god they're the same exact thing pretty much yeah well as far as discord i think it's worked out i think the fans really like having that place to interact and um <clears throat> even if i'm not on it a bunch i think that was a good move so. yeah and you get uh, vip access if you're a member of our patreon you do so sign up for the patreon and you can man danae and aaron and jonathan and sometimes Chris, sometimes me, sometimes Jerry. Like we're 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 mixing it up in that Discord thing. So you want to be a part of that? Join the Patreon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you want uh, answers back from us, it, it's very helpful to actually tag us in your comment. Oh uh, yeah, because then we'll know that hey, there's something directly relating to us. Uh, I know that sometimes we don't get to everything, but that's just the nature of the beast, yep. unfortunately. 
anyway, that'll do it for this week. It's Chris Atkins and Jeremy Scott and Barrett Share. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com. I rarely do this, and I, I, I hate that I rarely do this, but I found myself singing along at top volume to uh, Garth Brooks's Friends in Low Places on the Way Over Here. It happens. Mm-hmm. But I felt so good after doing it. Like, just top of the lungs, like, I got friends. I don't know. Uh, that's, I mean, the best way to do it is in a bar after everybody's had two beers, and that's the best feeling ever. <laughs> Have you ever done uh, karaoke to Friends in Low Places? Not that song. No, but I've done lots of karaoke. What is your karaoke like go to? Well, I haven't done it in twenty years since just out of college. But my go tos were um, I had I had an eclectic taste. Some uh, wallflowers, one uh, head or a Sixth Avenue heartache. Yeah, uh, I love doing Footloose. <laughs> I love doing Footloose. I love doing uh, Billy Joel. <laughs> uh, uh, she's always a woman to me. You have weird. That's I'm interesting. You, I got some weird uh, karaoke tastes. So you didn't do Piano Man. You did uh, Always a Woman. I like I liked uh, the more melodic Billy Joel. If I had been sober, I might have tried. You know, we didn't start the fire. Or... <laughs> um, What's more melodic than Piano Man, though? Well, the other problem is Piano Man's too cliche. I was a college student, man. I had to go. I had to swim against <laughs> Always the Always a woman. <laughs> <laughs> He's always a woman to me. Mm. Mine was always um, Prince's uh, Pussy Control. Nice. Mm-hmm. Good I morning, know. ladies and gentlemen, boys and motherfucking girls. I had a friend, Dustin, great voice. Should have been a singer, but ended up a youth pastor, I think. Uh, and Close he, enough. he would do um, the, uh, the um, Killing Me Softly. Oh, the, the, uh, the Roberta Flack version? No, the, or the Fugees. And then I would come stand next to him. <laughs> you do the Wycliffe? I, well, I don't know. I would do the harmonies. Oh, oh, you didn't so do like, the one time. No, no. <laughs> but when he, when she does that breakdown, whoa, yeah, 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 whoa, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would come on and do the either the tenor or the baritone, whatever the line was. <laughs> and we would harmonize together. Oh, man. You know, I, I was because I was like the rock guy in high school and everything when the Fugees was popular. Yeah. I uh, I I had some Fuji hate. I was like, ah, that's bullshit. But then it's it's stupid because what was the Fuji's album? The the main one. Uh, you know, two, what I'm talking two about? Fuji for you. <laughs> was it the score? The score. <laughs> Close, close enough. <laughs> of course, Miseducation of Lauren Hill came right after that in '98, I believe. And I kind and, of, and then they've never come back since. I'll tell you what, I, I I shat on that album, and I think I I had merits because I hate that doo-wop, that thing song that was super super popular from that album. I don't remember that one. Girls, you know you better watch well, out. I actually didn't like that song, but I do remember it. Yeah, I I didn't like it, and I like it now, um, just because of like the artistic like majesty that is her voice but like that whole album is so spectacular 
It's got it's got my favorite song, I think, of that period, which is uh, Everything is Everything. My favorite Lauren Hill song is This Girl's on Fire. <laughs> Can't yes. argue with that. <laughs> Jay-Z, yeah. I swear to God, this is not hyperbolic. Jay-Z is the most overrated artist of our time by it's not even close. Wow. He wow. he's legitimately and I've done my homework on this. I've listened to a lot of Jay-Z. He is legitimately just not good. That, is he just riding that one album everybody liked with the bitches? <sighs> Did you say with the bitches? The 99 bitches. <laughs> 99 problems and a bitch ain't one. That's right. That's the one. But that was the Black Album, right? That was the Black Album. Somebody told him you need to slow down. You need to slow down. You need to slow down. Yeah. And, he, and he did, and now it's got whatever There's he's got There's also, right now. I think, been some speculation that once he became rich... A lot of the things that he's rapping about doesn't have the same honesty as it used to have, and so yeah. like I, I guess that's for a lot of a lot of these guys who were talking about you know here's here's what used to happen when I was younger and it was terrible and everything, and then they get rich and they start si- trying to sing about the same thing. So yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah, but didn't I see you in like a Lamborghini? Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like comedians, right? It's like, you know, once you become a successful comedian, mm-hmm. what are you going to tell jokes about? Mm-hmm. You know, oh, I, I went to I went to Sears the other day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you done, you're not going to Sears. Yeah. Paying no, jokes man, and I've been to Sears in ages. You know what I did the other day? I, uh, I was in the shower and uh, a stand-up routine came to me. Yeah? Like a whole thing, like fully realized, at least in my head. Fully realized. I, I had like the jokes and the beats and everything like laid down. I wrote it down. I have a stand-up routine there you that go. I will never use. <laughs> Take it from me. One. Take it from me. If you ever get up in front of a live audience to do that routine, it will terrify you. <laughs> Every stand-up has that that story of yeah, like there's people who failing are- the the first several times. <laughs> there's that one time Seinfeld was doing stand-up and like. Kramer came running in because he sm- he was buttered and smelled like turkey, and Newman was trying to eat him, and that he bombed. Mm-hmm. But he got back up and did it again. Weirdly enough, wasn't that the episode where he was trying to bomb? Uh, oh, because... He was taking a dive before Banya. Yes. Yeah, He because he was like, who's ready to laugh? And he's like popping his suspenders and shit. Yes. <laughs> I'm throwing the set. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember that maybe it was Banya's set that Kramer comes running into then because the NBC executives come out and say, I love stuff that you don't have to think about oh, too yeah, much. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's right. But uh, <laughs> Jim Carrey has come out and said he's had he had multiple bombing sessions. Mm-hmm. I mean, all these guys. The The question for you as a stand-up comic or a burgeoning stand-up, stand-up comic is, can you deal with that night after night? Because yeah. that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And there's going to be times where you write something down that is funny, and then when you go out and tested on an audience it's not yeah and you got to figure out why isn't it fun why is it funny here but it's not out there you know what would make your stand-up no i'm gonna stop right there Mm -hmm. i had a a louis ck bit i was gonna go into and i've decided Mm -hmm. i decided to beep 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 back up out of that that's that's probably a good idea uh did you watch the amas no Um, i was watching because the twitter says that selena gomez didn't sing very good and i was curious what you thought i'm gonna run through all the videos this afternoon yeah she didn't oh we were just talking about her Mm -hmm. That uh, new song is fantastic. The Love Me to Lose It. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I thought that last Miley song was going to be a boffo hit. 
got slide away and it just came and went that song was awesome it is a good song like all of her stuff is is slid away yeah i don't know what that song is <laughs> i probably like, heard once it upon a time it was made for us I'm not sure if I heard that one. You may not have. Time it may not have even played on your your thing. Yeah, there were a couple of Miley songs that played uh, on Epic Awesome, and one was the one my um, mother's daughter. That mm-hmm. was a terrible song. Yeah, I didn't like that. Song. Yeah. Must be something in the water, or that I'm a mother's daughter. And then there was another one I think that they they played on there. All the boys and all the girls are dying to FUCK. Yeah, it may have been nothing breaks like a heart. That no, that's the that's the other one. That's you know what that is. That's another fucking song. That's a Mark Ronson song. Mm-hmm. But it's it's my it's like Uptown Funk is a fucking Mark Ronson song. Mm-hmm. Who the fuck says? Oh yeah, that's Mark Ronson. Yeah, Nobody. that song. Nobody. That- I do like that. Nothing breaks like a heart song though. And that video, she she flashes her butt cheeks in that video. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling that standard greeting with friends of hers. They just drop trial, mm-hmm. admire each other, pull back up and go to a movie. Well, that's what Wayne Coyne from Flaming Lips used to say, because uh, she was hanging out with them when she was having this kind of burgeoning, hallucinatory type of thing. And Wayne Coyne was like, you know, we were hanging out by the Hollywood sign. She just decided to strip naked and like climb up the Hollywood sign. He was like, that that happens all the time. She's just naked all the mm-hmm. time. I'm like, wow, takes away the specialness. Of it. Yeah, it really yeah, does. Yeah. It it does. Does, which is why I still prefer. <laughs> That's the second joke I've abandoned inside of five minutes. <laughs> the one that sh- he came back with the, with his new album, the Nina Cried Power or whatever it was mm-hmm. called. That was good, too. I mm-hmm. liked that song. I even liked the second one after. I didn't like Take Me to Church either, mm-hmm. but the, Someone New came after that. I fall in love just a little bit. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was someone new. You don't yeah. like that? No. <laughs> That's all right. It's okay. Yeah, it's all right. It's, it's okay. <laughs> you like some crappy music, too. No, I don't. What crappy music do I like? I'm, I'm not looking at your collection, but there's no way there's not some shit in there. No, I, there's no shit in my collection. I'll bet there is. <laughs> it is perfectly curated. <laughs> you got any eagles? Um, yeah, I have Eagles Live. Okay, I have Eagles Live. <laughs> there nope. you go. Done. There you go. No, no, no. no. Story. That Eagles Live is fine. No. Listen to Seven Bridges Road. You love Seven Bridges Road. No, I don't. Yes, you do. I like Twenty One Bridges the movie, <laughs> <laughs> and I like the Bridges of Madison County, but I don't like Seven Bridges Road. And the live version of Hotel California is fucking rad too. That's the only Eagles that I have. Disqualified. Oh come on. Do you have any Gaggy Ta? Do you have any Evan and Jaron? <laughs> Did you ever see that thing that I think it was Jimmy Kimmel <laughs> used to go around to like something like Bonnaroo and he oh, would ask make up fake make band, up fake band <laughs> names and he would be like, he's like, I'm really looking forward to seeing like Evan and Jaren or whatever like that. And, uh, and they'd be like, yeah, me too. We heard they're really awesome. And all that. People would just want to agree with you because, yeah. you know, although the two I named were actually bands. I yeah. They were both. You don't remember Evan and Jaren? I don't think so. I'm thinking about her constantly. I'm crazy for you. Remember that song? It sounds familiar. And then uh, Gaggy Ta, that was a real band. I think they were the ones that Gaggy Gaggy. They they named their band because when they were little kids and friends, they couldn't say Greg and Todd, <laughs> so they they always it was always Gaggy Ta. Mm-hmm. And that was I think they're the ones that did the song. Um, um, thank you for let me change lanes. So I was, oh, all yeah. I want to do is to thank you. Even though I don't know who you are, 
You let me change lanes while I was You never heard the song? God, I heard this constantly. Oh my God. When was this? Uh, this was 96, 97, maybe? Whoever you are. I don't think I heard that. Look at this song. Even though I don't know who. Oh, are. I do. I've heard that song. Yes, he's. Yeah, all right. You're just lying. Now. I don't have. I don't have it in my collection though. See, there you yeah, go. Because guitar. I don't have oh. bullshit in my collection. That sounds like. I mean, ninety six. Ninety six. That's a good. That's a good. On the nose, you got it. You remember when Fish showed up on The Simpsons that one time? I do. And he, the singer, comes up and he's like, "We'd like to introduce everybody to a guy who's a real pothead." I mean, pothead. <laughs> <laughs> pothead. That's what I meant. Show me that smile. Okay. Ned Donnelly. It's not family ties. Yes, it is. <laughs> Sometimes you want to go. <laughs> family ties. Is- <laughs> uh, Didn't have any words. Look at the ties this family <laughs> has. Look at the ties. <laughs>